existence of the Jewish people. We were talking about how the Jewish people are completely above the category of creation. That's what um, sets them apart from the nations of the world, is that they're not in the same category of a creature, of a creation. And that's because of their neshama, of the soul, which is the essence of the Jew, that sees and feels godliness. The uh, wisdom of the Gentiles, the piety of the Gentiles, the chachmim Musa'ilam, the pious and the wisest Gentiles, they can certainly recognize Hashem, uh, but their recognition of godliness is because of their understanding with proofs. And no matter how deep those proofs are, no matter how strong those proofs are, they're still built on human rationale. However, the soul of a Jew, why do you recognize Hashem? A Jew has a muna. What does a muna mean? He believes in Hashem. doesn't need any proofs. Why doesn't he need any proofs? Because his neshama sees godliness. The neshama feels it. Doesn't, you don't need any, any proofs of something that you see. It's, it's analogous. Something you see with your eyes, that it's, it's by you, it's with, it's with absolute certainty, because you could see it. So, it comes out that there are two virtues in the Jewish people's recognition of Hashem. Number one, if your conviction of God's presence is based upon logic, so it, it's, there's always room to say the opposite when you're talking about logic. The, the, the way logic is built, there's always, way to, there's always room to say the opposite. Look at um, Parshas, the end of Parshas Noach and the end of Parshas Bereshis. And in the Parshas Bereshis, God says, because of man's decay, therefore man shall be destroyed. In the end of the next Torah portion, because of man's decay, because man has a bad heart, what does God say? I will never destroy man. So the same, the same logical uh, reason why to destroy man is a reason why never to destroy man. That's how logic works. Logic always has, has a way, two ways looking at it. However, the, the Jewish people, our moon, our belief in Hashem is because of the Neshama, which sees and feels godliness. And number two, another virtue is that if your belief, your conviction is based upon um, uh, emuna, because your neshama sees godliness, it's not because of something, it's not just that it, you, you have a stronger conviction, it's also what's what, the what that's motivating your conviction. In the language of the Maharal, the Maharal says, a person knows something because of their understanding, because of their knowledge, so it's because of the thing that they understand. But however, when a Jew believes in Hashem, it's It's not because of your understanding that you believe in Hashem, it's because of God that you believe in Hashem, because God is revealed to you. Like when you see something, not because you have a proof that the thing is there, that you, that that's why you know the thing is there. It's because the thing itself is present. So what this means is, make it a little clearer, it's not just that the neshama in heaven sees God, and because the neshama in heaven sees Hashem, therefore that trickles down into the soul and the body, a conviction of God's presence. That, that's true too, but it's a lot more than that. The neshama that is in our body is an actual part of God. Not just the neshama in heaven that sees something that affects us. We have a soul in our body, and our soul in our body is a part of God, 
And that is who we are. That's the essence of the Jew. We'll see Emet Hashem in future classes. But the essence of the Jew is his soul. And the soul itself is a part of God. And where is the soul? Not in heaven. There's a part of the soul which is in your body. So, it, therefore, it's not something that's superimposed upon us, something that we've experienced. In um, Jewish philosophers talk about something called Seichal Nikna, some acquired knowledge because of experience. The reason we are, are, uh, have a emun and Hashem is because godliness is revealed in us, in, in us as souls and bodies. So this explains, as, as we discussed last time, why the very first story in the Torah about Avraham is God's instruction to him to leave his father's house. Avraham had achieved a lot before. First of all, Avraham's recognition of God was before God told him to leave his father's home. He was told to leave his father's home at 75. When did he recognize Hashem? So one place it says he recognized Hashem at 3. One place it says he recognized Hashem at 48. Another place it says he recognized Hashem at 50. Um, the Gemara says that the two millennia of the except of the two millennia which are associated with the giving of the Torah is uh, when Avram turned 52 um, in 1948. So uh, Avram um, had different stages, as Rebbe Rashab explained, in his recognition of God. So he already achieved the full recognition of God based upon logic by the time he was 75. He advanced from the age of three, going deeper and deeper in his recognition and appreciation of Hashem, higher and higher, until he reached a perfect recognition of Godliness based upon his understanding. That's his understanding. Then his service of God. His service of God also existed before God told him to leave his father's house. Avram was serving God from the youngest age, breaking his father's idols, being thrown into a furnace. His conviction of, of his belief in Hashem motivated him to sacrifice himself for the sake of the oneness of God. So this is all things that are happening when he is a, when he is growing up as a child, all before he turns 75. So why doesn't the Torah discuss any of that? The Torah doesn't discuss his knowledge of God. The Torah doesn't discuss his, um, his service of God. And the reason the Torah doesn't, doesn't um, do this is because, till this point, what is motivating Abraham? His, his, under, his understanding. Why is he serving God? Because of his understanding. What has he understood? He's understood based upon his efforts to understand. His conviction, his understanding, his service is all based on him. It's all based on how he appreciates it. How he connects with God. So the Torah is beginning the story of Avram as a Jew. The Torah is talking the story about not about Avram's greatness, but the Torah is beginning the this, this story of the Jewish people in the Parshas Lechem. When do the Jewish people begin as a, as a nation, or not as a nation, nation is not over, we'll learn later about the giving of the Torah, but when is there, when is the beginning of the Chronicles, the Jewish people, when do the Jews become Jews? That's in Parshas Lechem. In Parshas Lechem, we see the idea of being Jewish. I um, haven't seen this explicitly, but it, it seems like uh, that the moment that Avram became Jewish was when God told him to leave his father's house. But maybe it's not exactly that moment, but there's certainly expression of what Jewishness is, as we're about to, about to learn, in that, in, that, um, in, that, in that phrase. What's unique about Lech Lecha? What, what happened here that didn't happen before? Here, 
Hashem is commanding Avram to do something. Until now, Avram is serving God on his own. Now, serving God on your own, it seems, would be greater than serving God because you're told to. Right? What would you rather your children do? Rather your children listen to you when you tell them to do something? Or you rather them do it by themselves on their own? Doesn't it show initiative? Doesn't it show integrity? Without being told, without being instructed, you're, you're doing what you know what you know is right. Um, you, you care so much that you know you don't have to. You're doing it anyways. How come that the Gemara says it's better someone who's commanded to do something than someone who is not commanded to do something? What, what? What? Why is that better? So there are many explanations that are given, but one of the explanations is is that definition of lies in the definition of the word mitzvah. What does a mitzvah mean? Mitzvah means commandment. But mitzvah also means sabzut. Mitzvah also means connection. What's powerful about a mitzvah is it establishes and it forges a bond between the one who is commanded and the commander. It makes a connection between us and the creator of the world, Hashem. So when you do a mitzvah, the power of the mitzvah is that it lifts you above the here and now and makes you one with Hashem, with, with, with the Creator. It lifts you from being a created being to being absorbed and one with Hashem's light and one with the Creator. So in the words of Hashem to Avram, we see a change both in Avram's recognition of God and in Avram's service of God. Until this point, Avram's recognition is great, but now its recognition is because God revealed himself to Avram. Until this point, Avram is serving God because he is not told to, but he does it on his own. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's amazing. However, it, it's still limited based upon his understanding. What happens over here is that God speaks to him. And that's also, and God is revealed to him. It's not, it's not based upon his appreciation, it's about Hashem's revelation. It's about Hashem, not about him. And this is also, the, this is also um, um, represented in the content of what God said to Abraham. What did God say to Abraham? Leave your father's house, leave your birthplace, leave uh, your home. Hasidus explains, as we learned last week, leave your land means leave your desires behind. Go away from what you want. Leave your birthplace means go away from your habits. Leave your father's home. Hasidus explains that there are two powers that produce the emotions the ability to create an idea, to discover new ideas, um, is the first step of, of an, something that can motivate you and change the way you feel. And then there is taking that idea that you've discovered and processing it and internalizing it and going through the details of that same thing, meditating into it. So that's Chachma and Bina. Chachma is the ability of creating an idea. Wisdom really means the power of innovation. And Bina, the power of processing and understanding things. Chachma and Bina. So, Chachma is called the father. Bina is called the mother. Leaving your father's house means leaving your understanding. Go away from the way you understand, what, what you understand, and go to something else. Now, what did Avram understand? We just learned before, Avram had a perfect understanding of Hashem. He achieved, at the age of 50 and 52 and 48, and from the time of three years old, a deeper and deeper and more uh, uh, conviction and uh, of God's presence and, God, and what and, and about Hashem, and yet Hashem says, "Leave that behind." Why leave it behind? It's such a good thing. Leave his desires. What did Avram want that Hashem told him to leave his desires? It wasn't that Avram was wanting bad things. It seems like Hashem says, "Leave your desires. Leave the way you think. You're, you're thinking the wrong way. You're, you're, you're wanting the wrong way." You no, know, if you, it, it, it sounds like 
Leave your desires behind because you want the wrong things. Leave your thoughts behind because you want, you're thinking the wrong things. But that's not what it means. Leave your desires. Your desires are great. Avram is, is, is magnanimously devoting himself to give his life for the sake of Hashem. Hashem says, no, don't, don't do that anymore. Why not? Oh, you're, you're thinking of Hashem's truth. Don't think about that anymore. What is Hashem saying? What Hashem is saying to him is, till now your devotion to me and your understanding of me is based on you. And I want this to switch. I want you to give something more. I want you to become something else. That's what Hashem tells Avram in the next line. I'm going to make you, I'm going to create you as a new nation. The Medrash explains that, Benshtan Chuma says that, I will make you a great nation. It doesn't say I will, will, doesn't say that I will establish you as a great nation. It says I will make you a great nation. Says the Medrash, God says, I'm going to make you a new creature. Until now, Abraham's understanding of godliness is fantastic. And now Hashem is giving him something which isn't more. It's not that Hashem is giving him something that he had till now plus. Whatever he has done until now is in the realm of creation. Think about a, someone, a human being, a non-Jew, who recognizes Hashem with, with, with the deep understanding of Hashem's benevolence and kindness and, 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 the, the, and understands scientifically the greatness of Hashem in creation, he's able to reach a, a very high place. But wherever he's reaching is part of creation. Maimonides says, says that Hashem made in the world four categories, inanimate, vegetation, animal, and human. In human themselves, there are different kinds of humans. There are humans who are gifted with an understanding of Hashem's truth. That's a higher kind of human. The distance between inanimate and the highest kind of human are is is relative. It's it's limited. Both the lowest kind of of, of uh, uh, both the lowest part of creation, the inanimate, and the highest kind of creation. Not just, not those who are not able to understand Hashem's truth, but those who are able to understand. Those who have a higher kind of mind and they're able to appreciate Hashem's truth. Um, the, the, the distance between the highest kind of human and the lowest kind of inanimate is, is a limited difference. The difference in one in a million, as we learned, is a limited. It's a limited. Uh, uh, it's, there, there's a definable and measurable distance between a a rock and the greatest kind of human. They're both creatures of God. However, the difference in a million in the infinite is 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 an infinite gap between them. To the extent that between compared to the infinite, the million and one are the same. What happens in Lech Lecha, and God's talking to Avram, is Hashem li- is lifting him away from the realm of creation. He's no longer in the realm of creation. Now his knowledge of God, as God says to him, go away from your desires and go to the land that I'm going to show you. What does it mean the land, the land that I'm going to show you? It's not about, about what you could achieve on your own anymore. It's about something that God's going to give you. Something that's beyond what you could possibly reach on your own. Possibly what a human being reach on their own. I want you to recognize Hashem, Hashem says because I'm here and you're looking at me, in other words. Because because godliness is shining in you. Not because of of what you understood. Because because you have a, because Hashem is giving at Avram a soul which is a part of Hashem. And this is the reason why the reward for Lech Lecha is I will make you a great nation. Lech Lecha again means leave your desires, leave your understanding. Don't do things based upon human logic anymore. So Hashem says, what's the reward? I'm going to create you anew. Because Hashem is telling Avram to leave the parameters of human being and to become godly.
And so therefore the reward is that he becomes a new creature, a new kind of being. A, a being that is a part of Hashem. The um, Talmud says that when some converts to Judaism, they're like a baby that has just been born. Why like a baby that's just been born? Because based on what we learned, it's, 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 very, it's readily understood. Till now, they've been motivated to become Jewish. They dedicate their lives to become Jewish. They're willing to be circumcised. Doesn't that say something? But up to this point, whatever they're doing is is human. It's 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 amazing. It's it's uh, but it's still in the realm of of creature of God. Being Jewish means that God is giving you something else. That you are becoming. You are receiving when a Jew, when a person becomes Jewish, they're receiving a part of God in them. It's something godly. It's not just something that. Is, they're not getting. They're not going a step above where they were before. They're transformed into a whole new kind of creature. And this is the meaning of Hashem's words to Avram: "I will make you into a great nation." What's the emphasis of the words "great nation"? Why "great nation"? Godel, a big nation. Everything in the world is ah, oh, Everything in creation is small. What do I mean it's small? And in creation is limited. To, to say something is big, well, how big is it? If you measure A against B, so so B is bigger than A. But B against C, C is bigger than B. So it's not big. The true definition of big is infinite. So when Hashem tells Avram, I'll make you into a great nation, what that means is, Hashem is giving Avram something infinite. Until this point, Avram's recognition of Hashem is based on his understanding, his feelings, it's all human feelings. It's limited. But as Godel, Hashem says, now I'm going to give you something big. Big means something infinite. I'm going to give Abraham is becoming a Jew. The beginning of the Jewish people starts in Parashat Lechacha. What's the definition of a Jew? That you have something big in you. What's the big thing that you have in you? Something that's not part of the realm of creation. You have in you a part of Hashem. That's why the Medrash connects this, uh, this uh, verse, I will make you a great nation, Another verse. Another verse says in, uh, uh, I think it's Yisabracha. No, I think it's Zinu. Which parasha is that? Who is like a, who is like this great nation that Hashem is close to them? Zinu Yisabracha. Okay, somewhere over there. So, uh, so, so, what, 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 what does that verse mean? Who is, who is a great nation that Hashem is close to them? The emphasis is not that we are close to Hashem. What's unique about the Jewish people, why we call it a goy godel, a great nation, we call it a great nation because Hashem is close to us, not because we're close to Him. Avram's achievements till this point, or his coming close to Hashem, it's all human. What's unique about Lechlecha is that Hashem is coming close to Him. Hashem is giving Him a commandment, not about what you want. It's Hashem's commandment to Avram. And Hashem's revelation to Avram. It's not his recognition anymore. It's not his service anymore. And now it's about what Hashem tell him to do. And the same is also not just Avram. That's the definition of who we are. What's unique of the Jewish people? It's not that we are so so kind and so nice and so wonderful and so devoted. It's that God is close to us. We have a, that we are part of Hashem in us. And uh, with this uh, understanding, we have to explain to Hashem other stories in the Torah about Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Hashem. Later we'll get to... Um, the, what happens at Harsina and how that, that changes things. Any questions, or comments? Uh-oh. No, no questions or comments? All right.
Yes. Off coming. So, you know, I, I really enjoy some of these uh, archaeological history things. And last night I was reading one about the Carthaginians. Man, make this real short. Okay. They got defeated by the Romans. They escaped. They were the masters. No, we have a rule against four syllable words in this class. What? Carthaginians is four syllable. It's more than four syllable. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right, these are the people who, who invented the uh, rowing boats with a metal prow. They, you know, smashed okay. them and sink the boat. They're un, you know, they sailed down the coast of Africa. They sailed across to Brazil, and they uh, inhabited Brazil. How could we possibly know this? Because the hieroglyphics, the rock paintings in Brazil, match Mediterranean. Wow. The funeral, the funeral, yeah, it's really interesting. The funeral uh, jars that they used to bury their dead were painted in the Greek Mediterranean style. Where did they penetrate? They penetrated all the way up the Amazon River to the uttermost reaches of the Andes, to Peru, okay, where they took upon themselves the custom of mummifying their body, uh, mummifying their dead, which of course is like an Egyptian Mediterranean thing. And what was their chief weapon? Sling. And so when they look at the uh, traditional natives who still throw slings in Peru, the basket is the same weave that they have in Morocco and, and, and you know, in the of Spain. Okay, so what's the point? Genius people, amazing, amazing, you know, beat Columbus by hundreds of years, okay? But God didn't give, but they believe in the craziest of all idol worships and the craziest things. They never, they never were able to reach beyond what you said. They went to the extremes of their ability as human beings to to dominate the world of their possession. But they didn't make the the connection that God made to Abraham. And that's why all of history, dinosaurs, everything else like that, it wasn't meaningful to us. It doesn't belong, it doesn't need to be in the Torah. But it needs to be in the Torah, so we'll have to on up. You know? But they didn't recognize God at all. No. Avram did. That, that's the point. We're saying that Avram's recognition of God till now was just human. That's the point. They thought, inhumanly, they were doing the right thing, killing people, cannibalism, you know, it was all cool. You know, they, they reached uh, the epitome, like any marauding, you know, tribe. You know, they assumed power, they assumed that was the, uh, that was the, uh, the deity. Yeah, I assumed power, I dominate all the other creatures on earth. All right. You know, but that's not the same as Lekha. Okay, Shkai.